0: You are listening to the Hustle Her Podcast, episode number 15. Well, Hustle Her's, you asked and you shall receive. Our Hustle Her hot seat is here, and we are starting the series off with one of the biggest Hustle Her's that I know. The one, the only, Sierra Bray. If you do not know who Sierra Bray is, she is a Windsorite, she's an enterpriser, she is one of the coolest girls that I know, and there is no one more fitting to be on our show for the very first episode than her. She is going to inspire you, she is going to educate you, and if you leave this podcast episode without having something that you can take action on, you need to listen to it again. Sierra has been there for me through so many different things. She has helped me get my business to where it is today. I am so, so grateful, and I know that you will be grateful for this episode, too. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Hustle Her Podcast, and I'm your host, Kirsten Perry. I help young female entrepreneurs turn their passions into profit-building businesses. From marketing for your niche to partnering with your ideal clients, I'm here to help and so are some of my fellow girl bosses. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, worry about the hustle later, and let's get to it. Hello, Sierra, and welcome to the podcast. Hey. I cannot even begin to explain how excited I am to finally have you on the show, to not only share your story, but to hopefully inspire others as you've done for me. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me so before we begin and get into all the questions i have because i have a bajillion (laughs) tell me a little bit about you who are you who is sierra bray what do you do or what don't you do (laughs) the the bigger question here
1: wow what a loaded question um (laughs) where do i even start i mean Um, I am 25, born and raised, Windsor, Ontario. Um, I'm an enterpriser. I am a self-care advocate. Um, I am trying to smash stigmas by um, creating a movement called Keeping Real. Um, I started a business back in 2016 called Seagal Media, and I focused in on social media. And throughout the last three years, I've pivoted and um, gone more into events and um, creating this movement of trying to empower people to just be them, their true selves on social media and in the real world. Um, I've gone from I've been an insurance broker. I've worked in retail um what else have I done I've graduated uh college once but dropped out twice so it's a huge milestone for me to be a college graduate um trying to think of like what else I mean like I said right now I'm just working on keeping real and then obviously some projects with you um and then yeah just kind of and then I'll be traveling uh in the next couple weeks so Yeah, that's kind of me, I guess, in a Sparknotes version.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you've had quite a lot of different jobs. Tell me a little bit about how you decided to make the transition from job to job. Was there like a moment in each one where you're like, this isn't for me, try something new? Yeah, Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, I started working when I was 14. Um, my mom had her own business and um, I like automatically started helping her with that. And before even starting working for her, um, I was very entrepreneurial as a kid and um, I was doing like MLM when I was like 12 and, um, and then got into helping my mom's business and then I did co-op in high school. And was working at American Eagle, um, and then when I was sixteen, I got my real official job as a cash register, um, like a cashier, I guess. And so at that time, I was working as a cashier. I was I got hired on at American Eagle because I had just turned sixteen, and then I was working for my mom. And um, at that time, I was like just kind of getting into the working stage, kind of feeling it out. Um, and then when I turned right before, um, actually, I gra- so I graduated a semester early in high school, and I ended up getting another job at Home Hardware, and I was working there full time. So I was working like four jobs when I was like 17. It was insane. <laughs> and my whole, I was a hustler right when I was like in, in as a teenager. And um, my whole goal was to make money so I can move to Toronto um, and then I did that. And when I moved to Toronto, I didn't have any jobs. So I had to find a job. I started working at Danny Leather and then they wanted me to spend like $150 on a jacket. And I was like, see ya. I'm not, I'm not going to spend my first paycheck on a jacket. So I got actually got a job at Licenza, which was such a great job. Um, and then I ended up moving back to Windsor and kind of relocated to a few different places and I think for me with regards to your question I think I've always had the mindset of having to make money to pay the bills to um, you know you got to make money in life Um, but I'll always look at how I feel about the job how I feel about the people that I'm working with and when I came back to Windsor um, I kind of moved around so I started working again as a cashier. was helping my mom with her business. And then I ended up getting a job at, I believe, Home Depot. And then they weren't providing me with the hours after the season because I was in like the garden center. Um, So then I switched over to home hardware. And then they wanted to give me full-time hours. So I was like, okay, cool. But there was actually an incident where one of my colleagues just wasn't a nice human being. So I ended up just quitting on the spot. Um, And I kind of... I don't regret that, but it's definitely a learning experience for me um, because what I would do is I would get the, like, I could get any job I wanted, really. And then I would do the job for like two days and then I'd call in and be like, hey, I'm quitting. (laughs) And like, I would never give two weeks' notice, which is something that like I know now is like a really kind of crappy way to be. Um, But yeah, I just, if it didn't feel good and I didn't like the people and it wasn't providing me with, Value, I guess, I would just move on to the next thing. Um, So, yeah, I think I've gone through like 20 to 25 different jobs up until uh, starting my business in 2016. So, I kind of like to dabble and try different (laughs) like
0: industries, I guess. I think that having that mindset at such a young age where it's so money focused. Mm -hmm. It it obviously stems from kind of how you grew up. Mm -hmm. And I know in a place like LaSalle, a lot of people don't have to have that mentality where I need to get a job because I need to support myself because usually they're supported by their family. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I found myself kind of in the same space where I was 16 years old, I was working a full time job while I was in high school, and not a lot of people understood why. I had to, mm-hmm. and as I progressed, I kind of, I went from job to job to job very quickly as well, mm-hmm. and I just I knew that if it was something that didn't bring me joy, it wasn't my long term career, and I had to move on to something else. So I completely get it. Yeah, um, and obviously the name of this podcast is called hustle her and it's very very clear that you have hustled <laughs> very hard. I don't know anybody who's had 25 jobs. I think there's a statistic out there that says like people in our generation are bound to have that many jobs in their entire
1: mm-hmm.
0: in their entire life and you had that before you even hit 2016. So that is absolutely incredible. Well, I mean it's it's a, it's I think there's pros and cons to
1: it because when people look at my resume, they may think, "Well, wow, she has commitment issues, right?" So it yep. was kind of it was kind of a good thing because I got to try different industries and learn for myself what I liked and what I didn't like. And coming from a household of very hardworking parents, um I was really like inspired by like their perseverance and their drive. And so for me, that hard work, like it just kind of came to me naturally. And I was, I'm very admired by my parents. Like I, I admire my parents a lot for the hard work they've put into their careers and their businesses. So I had that same kind of mindset, but at the same, and the money thing too. But at the same time if it didn't again like you said provide me with joy i kind of had to move on so i'd always get into a job interview and they'd go wow like you have quite the resume and then i would have to explain like yes you know i have gone to a few different jobs but it's given me experience in multiple industries and i've been able to learn what i like and what i don't like and I know that I'm confident working in this organization because of the things that I've already tried. So it's been like before while I was doing work for other people um, and getting hired on, there were pros and cons to it. So for anyone that is listening, I mean, just be careful if you are someone that does want to dabble around because um, there can be uh, quite a lot of questions and interviews with regards to how lengthy your resume is and if you would be even committed to working for an organization long term, right? So,
0: okay, so now that we've kind of gotten to the financial aspect of things, I want to dive into it a little bit more before we get into the core of the episode where we talk about self love and alignment because I think that. The financial side is something that no entrepreneur really talks about, Mm -hmm. but every single up-and-coming entrepreneur needs to know. Mm -hmm. There's this common misconception that you have to have money to start a business and that entrepreneurs have to have all this money floating around, but I think you and I both know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Money is this taboo topic, but since you're all about being real, <laughs> we should probably just kind of get into it. Um, I know in your intake form, you talked about being broke, um, along your entrepreneurial journey. Can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe yeah. how it happened, how you handle it, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think there's definitely a misconception with, um, just being an entrepreneur and being on this journey. And I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of like outside voices that really make us think that a we're going to make money overnight and B you know, we're going to have to um, spend a lot of money up front and um, you know, we're going to have to make sacrifices and all these different things. And I think it depends on the person in the business. Um, if you really want to dig deep on those kind of points. But for me i um, So when I started my business back in 2016, um, I actually saw a tweet that had came up and it said, do you want to make $6,000 this summer starting a business? And I thought to myself, like, wow, this is a really cool opportunity. Um, I had campaigned to be student council president for that year, um, and I didn't get in. And I was telecommuting for um, a PR firm in New York, and I just wasn't loving it. So I was kind of looking at other options to Like once I graduated, what was going to happen next? So I applied for that program. I ended up pitching, getting in, and um, kind of started my business within a week. And I didn't have any startup capital. Um, The money that they were actually giving us was um, kind of like we were hired on by um, the accelerator program. So we would get paid like anyone else would, you know, every two weeks. But there was a delay on the pay. So, you know, like when you get a new job, it's like, oh, well, this week's payday. So you're not going to get paid for another like three weeks. Yeah, so It was like that same concept. So I think I had to wait. The first pay I got was like a month after I had started the program. And um, I had gotten – a, I believe I had gotten a scholarship. So I was like making that work until I would have to get paid by um, – the program and then within the first week i ended up getting a client and it was all going really well and then i got paid by him and i had like he just literally gave me like a wad of cash and <laughs> i was like so exciting and i'm like oh my gosh like i can do this like this is gonna be great and i ended up um getting and i went to this conference a month prior and um they were giving out grants to provide you with education regarding entrepreneurship. And so I said like, hey, there's this conference um, that's in New York. Like, would you guys like be willing to use this as like an education thing? And they said, yeah, sure. So they ended up paying for my flight to go to this conference in New York called the Next Gen Summit. So I went and I stayed in a hostel. I was spending like $50 a night at the hostel and then was eating like subway like was trying to be very careful on my budget I had to convince them the summit the the conference to let me come for like a hundred dollars because I couldn't afford to go full price and so I went to the summit and then I met these guys who had this really cool business where they make like sticker um, whiteboards so I was talking to them about social media and they had never like really gotten into it And so I ended up getting them as a client. So I'm like, okay, this client thing is easy. Like, this is great. (laughs) And then I come back to Windsor. I ended up getting a grant through that same, uh, the same people who gave me the $400 to go to the summit. And I used that to buy a new laptop because I needed a new laptop. So I got the laptop, and then there was a few other things that I needed. So everything was kind of like in synchronicity. Everything was going really well, but it was almost like too good to be true, and it kind of was. So <laughs> let me get into that. <laughs> um, so I have like – I think at this point now I had like four clients that were um, paying me, and I was also pitching to people as well. So like I'd see I'd see someone like um, – post a job and it would be like a social media content creator and i'd say hey like instead of hiring someone just hire me and then i would go to the i would go to meetings i'd basically like pitch myself to people and then it would work sometimes and other times it wouldn't work so i i can't remember how many clients i had at this point this is probably like uh middle of july i think and i get an email from the guys that have the sticker whiteboard. And they're like, hey, we're not seeing like any return on investment from the content that you're creating. And I was at this time, it was all organic. Like Mm -hmm. Facebook ads were not a thing. They were a thing, but it was just kind of like, it was like the, the tip of the iceberg. Like no one was really talking about it. There wasn't like, you know, when you're scrolling on your Facebook and you see like all the videos of people saying like, join this masterclass and do this. There was none of that. There was none of that. So I get this email and they're like, you know, we're not really seeing ROI on our posts. So like peace out, we're done. So that was the first like, oh gosh. And Mm -hmm. then I was dealing with another client and it just was not going the way I'd want it to. There's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misdirection. And the problem is, is like when you're an entrepreneur or just starting out and like, I still have no idea what I'm doing, but when you're starting out, you like, you ultimately have no idea what you're doing. And so like, I don't know how to manage clients. I don't know how to like manage projects. I like, I had no clue. So when clients are, when there's miscommunications with clients and there's, um, like lack of direction on their end. Like, obviously it would be my responsibility to ask more questions, but like, I don't know that I should be doing that. Cause this is like, I'm two months into running a business. Like I have no idea. So I ended up losing a few more clients because of miscommunications. They weren't seeing ROI. Like it was just disastrous. But then on the other side of it, I was getting all these opportunities to like speak about social media and go to like um, Smaller ish uh, conferences and do all this stuff. So it was like bittersweet, but then I'm like losing clients and losing money. And then the one client that where there was like tons of misdirection um, ended up like not paying me. And it was, it was brutal. It was really brutal. And so I was getting into a really low spot because I wasn't, I lost a bunch of clients. I wasn't, I didn't get, ended up getting paid. Um, and then we had at the end of the accelerator program they did a pitch so you, if you pitch you win x amount of dollars i think it was like $3000 and i was the only business in the program to actually be ha- like actually be making money and have clients wow. and i lost like i did not win and i was so mad and I was almost like counting on that money because I was like okay that's great three thousand dollars can help me with expenses can also help me with my with rent and at the time I was renting a house and um, I had pets that I had adopted years before but I was like taking care of them and then running this business and then failing like it was just like this big like you're on the roller coaster and you're going up and you're like, whoa, this is going to be so much fun. Oh my gosh. And then you're coming down you're like, oh my God, what did I end up doing? And so, yeah. So my dad took me to Europe because I had graduated college in September and I had budgeted money for that trip so that I could spend money on certain things because he was, he was treating me to like breakfast, lunch and dinner and then the hotels, but like anything else I wanted to spend, it was on me which was totally fine. Um, So when I came back, I was broke because I had spent all my money in Europe and then I had to pay rent October 1st, couldn't pay rent. So then I get a notice in my mailbox saying like, you're going to get evicted in 15 days, ended up getting some kind of contract. I can't remember what it was, but ended up getting the money and then paid them. And then I was like, okay, I have to make a decision because I have like no idea how more money is coming in. I like at this point, I think I only had one, two clients and it wasn't enough to pay for rent, pay for everything else that I had to pay for. And I had to make a decision. So I texted my landlord and I said, Hey, I gave you last month's rent. This is going to be last month's rent. I'm moving out November 1st. No idea where I was going. Um, and my dad had mentioned that he like would be willing to take me into his house, so I ended up having to move in with my dad. I had to rehome all my animals, which was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And like, not a lot of people actually know that I had to do that. Um, and the really like vulnerable part of this whole story is I couldn't even pay to get a moving truck, so I had to get some friends to help me move some of my stuff to my dad's. But like the guy needed the keys by like 4 PM and I had like left stuff there and the house was like not clean. It was supposed to be cleaned. Stuff was supposed to be out and I just couldn't do it. Like I I had no resources. I had, I didn't have a moving truck. I didn't. So that part of my journey was very difficult. Um, And being broke is teaches you a lot. Um, it teaches you a lot. And through that process, I ended up, um, working for the two clients that I had, which were like giving me a little bit of money, which was fine. And then I think I had done my taxes. So I, I got my tax return. Um, so I had like a little bit of, a <clears throat> little bit of money. And then January came around and I got this message from a company um, who wanted to hire me for social media. But what I didn't realize is that they wanted to actually hire me, like as an employee. So I was like, okay, this is fine. Like I'm gonna have money for three months, or like however long I want to take this. Ended up the opportunity was almost too good to be true. So I ended up quitting within the three months, and um, and then I was like back to square one. I was like, hey, where is this money coming from? Like I have no idea. And I think, like, throughout the journey and looking back at it in the last year of, like, why, like, have I always struggled with money? I think I have this, like, mindset of needing it, like, always needing it and always, um, like, we always want what we think we can't have, I guess. And so sometimes in my mindset, I feel like I almost, like, Need it to just buy things or just I need it to do certain things but I really don't like it's okay if my bank account doesn't have as much money as I'd like it to right now because it's fine and I think those blocks also stem from just growing up in a very hardworking family and also Throughout like high school and whatnot, I was working and getting all that money and I could just spend it on whatever. And so I wasn't, I didn't create a really good relationship with the money in the very beginning when I was making it. I was always like spending it on something and just kind of blowing it and not having like um, an appreciation for it. And then throughout like college and having my business, same thing. I was spending it and I was always like kind of wanting to just make more, make more, make more, but I was never just like appreciative of what I had. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? You know, no, like, for sure. For like, sure. Like right now we might only have like $500 in our bank account, but that's $500 that you may, like you may not have. Right. So like, mm-hmm. why not be appreciative of what you do have? Um, and so that's like one example. And when I worked for that company and I quit, I had like a month of time where I, was really worried about money. And then I had started an event. I had started YQG talks and then like money started coming in again. And then I started working for a client six months of that, um, since six months of that contract, uh, was great. I was bringing in money and then I lost that client, like the contract had ended and now I'm back to square one. So I've kind of been on this, like I guess this journey. And it's hard too with contracts because they're set for an amount of time. And when it's done, it's done. But now, even if like, and even now in the last year, I, there has still been some times where there's only a hundred dollars in my bank account or there's $10 in my bank account, but I know that money's coming and I have to appreciate what I currently have. Like right now I have food in the fridge. I have a, you know, a bed to sleep in. I have water in my in my bottle like everything's okay um and obviously you want to make more we have this mentality this human thing of like we need more we need to make more we need to invest we need to save but I think along that journey we we have to come to those really low points of being broke and having to also be resourceful and then also having also having that appreciation for um like what we just have right now. Um, so yeah, like it's been like, and, and, and anyone that's listening that is like, Oh God, now I really don't want to start a business. Cause now like this whole money thing, it, this is my story. This doesn't have to be your story. Um, I know people that start businesses that are very, um, smart with their money and they have a better relationship with money and they don't necessarily get broke and constantly get broke over you know a certain amount of time um, that's this is just this is just me so don't use my story as fear for you not being able to take the leap and start a business but do be do be prepared and don't be scared if it does happen just know that you'll be able to bail yourself out and, At times of low, you're able to be very resourceful and figure out, okay, how can I make money really quick right now? Can I offer a course? Can I throw an event? Can I, um, you know, ask my friend to, um, I don't know, can I do social media for someone? Like there's always an opportunity to make money. And worst comes to worst, you go and get a job. Like McDonald's Mm -hmm. is always hiring. Tim Hortons is always hiring. But yeah, that's kind of like, and I mean, I can get into so much more detail about all these other stories that I've had, Um, but I think that would be the lowest time, like right when I started. And it's really depressing. Like, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when you don't have that money coming in, like
0: do you ever feel like it just is like like a low time? There's definitely this expectation, especially I think us being in our mid-20s mm-hmm. to be looking towards getting a home or to be at getting promotion. Yeah, a family, promotions at work. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who's in the entrepreneurial field, like that's just not the reality for your mid-20s. Because you're spending all your time and energy building up businesses and you almost feel like there's also an expectation that you're going to succeed. And then when things aren't going uphill on your journey, mm-hmm. it's you You start to question a lot of things. You start to question if you're doing the right thing. Am I Am I being financially intelligent? Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing for my age? And then you get caught up in your head on like is this really what's right Mm -hmm. and I think self-doubt plays a lot of factors in being an entrepreneur like the amount of self-doubt I have every single day despite Mm -hmm. it not looking like it from the outside I'm constantly questioning myself especially being new Mm -hmm. into being an entrepreneur and you've been in the the industry for quite a while and um I'm sure you've kind of felt that as well. Oh yeah, like I still feel that.
1: I still feel that almost every day. There's, there's a part of me that um, is constantly questioning the decisions that I make and constantly trying to innovate and trying to keep up with the times. Because when you work in like the media sector, like you as well, with so like with social media. Um, things are constantly changing. And the one thing that's crazy is we can't predict the changes. Like we can't, um, like we don't know what's going to happen with Instagram. We don't know what's going to happen with Twitter. Like we can read articles of, you know, potential predictions and potentially be prepared for them, but we don't know what these companies are going to come up with. Right. Um, and so I think there's always like, a little bit of doubt, and there's always a little bit of like questioning, um, you know, questioning your why. Am I doing the right thing? Am I um, working with the right clients? Am I following my values? Like, should I just get a job? Like, am I not making enough money? Like, there's always those questions. But I think, like, the longer you're in this in this process, this like adventure of whatever you want to call it, entrepreneurship, I think you get a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable with those like self-doubt and those um kind of questions and for me i think that like really spending time on personal development and spending time on changing the way that i think and the way that my ma- mindset is has been a really core um, activity for me to get over those kinds of things, or for me to feel a little bit more comfortable when I get those questions and then have the tools to like answer myself and be like, where's this even coming from? Like, okay, ego, like go away now. Like, thanks so much for your comment. But like, I'm not accepting that. Um, and that's, Oh, I would say that's only been coming up for like the last like 8 months. Like I've <laughs> been really invested in personal development and really trying to like change my mindset and you know, your self-doubt and your self-worth and your self-confidence, like all that stuff has been um what I've been working on and I find that when you're working on that, it's a little bit easier to question why you're thinking those things. And I think it all stems from conditioning as well, like you know, did something traumatic happen to you like in grade school where someone called you like a dummy and now you think you're a dummy, like all those things lead up to why we think like what we think now. Um, So also like reflecting a lot on the past and being able to kind of heal from those moments also helps me kind of like stop the questions Mm -hmm. and the self-doubt. But like, I still get it. I just have better tools now to like ignore it or to um to just
0: say like okay thanks like I'm not gonna think about that right now. I definitely agree. I feel like when I first started the business back in August of 2018, there was so much self-doubt that it actually kind of prevented me from doing things or taking risks. But now it's almost come to a point where I recognize the self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I listen to it. And then I act on it instead of wallowing in it. Mm-hmm. So I think from also focusing on my own personal development through being inspired from you specifically to just like your personal development has to be equally as focused on as your business, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's it,
1: and it's one of the hardest things. It's hard to me, in my opinion, and, and maybe you disagree, but I think it's harder focusing on your personal development and actually like – queuing in with yourself and healing from that stuff than actually running a business.
0: Yeah. Like, I, w- I would agree. Yeah. It's like, it's it's more triggering, yeah. I would say. And you're kind of trying to heal things that had happened years and years and years ago that you didn't realize were still affecting you, but mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And they're hindering you from being able to achieve these things that you really want to achieve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I do want to talk about living in alignment for a little bit, because this is something you talk a lot about on social media. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people really understand what it means. I've just started learning about it recently. And I know that when you're in alignment, you know, you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. But Talk to me about it. Tell me what it means to you. Yeah. So I, I think that
1: like I know there's a lot of different coaches out there that have like their own kind of perspective on what living in alignment means, and I think it's your own personal. Um, you can. We all can have our own personal definition to what it means, but for me, it's being your true self, able to listen to your intuition, and following your intuition, and when you do that everything starts to fall in place and then you're at that point of living in alignment so for example if you have this calling for you even you have this calling you want to move to toronto okay you've had this calling for so long and then you finally make the leap and then maybe the next day so you you move to toronto and it feels really good and then the next day you get a call. To work with this client that you've been dying to work with, and then your intuition says, you know, go buy that person a coffee. So you do, and then you go out for dinner, and someone buys you a drink. And then you're walking down, uh, you're walking down to the subway, and you know that you've missed the subway, and you're okay with it. But you're okay with, and you're okay with waiting. But you end up catching it, and you're not running late. That to me, like following your intuition, listening to those things, being calm and like very positive with your self-talk, like that to me is living in alignment. And I think that we all experience it um, in different waves. So it's like, you could call it like ebbs and flows or like good weeks and bad weeks. Um, But I think that it takes uh, time for you to, get that alignment when you're just kind of starting out and getting used to it. And then when you get used to it and you realize that like if you follow your intuition and you um, do the things that you know you have to do, it happens more often. Um, Doing your morning routine, doing your nighttime routine, all of that, like it's kind of like um, a snowball effect if that makes sense. So, for sure. when you start doing your morning routine and your nighttime routine and you're listening to your intuition and for me, like sometimes I'll be walking and my intuition will say, "Pick up that piece of trash." And I'll either pick it up or I'll walk by. And when I walk by, my intuition gives me a second chance and she's like, "Are you sure you're not going to pick that up because karma might get you." Like maybe something bad's going to happen down the road or not something bad, but like maybe, um, you know, you're going to be like, I don't know, short, like 10 cents buying something. And then, you know, you're going to be upset that you're short 10 cents and you're not gonna be able to get that thing that you want, whatever. Right. So I like, will turn back and then go pick up the trash. And then I find when I'm listening, I'm like opening my heart to more opportunities that are keeping me on this, like this, like, um, line of alignment. So, and it might be different for everybody. I don't I don't know, but that for me is what living in alignment means. So does that make sense?
0: Definitely. Okay. And when you when you and I talked about me making the move to Toronto mm-hmm. within a week span. Yeah my mindset was so focused on Toronto that things just started falling into place Mm -hmm. without me even realizing they were. Mm -hmm. So before I knew it, I had a place. I had found some office space to work out of. I had met my roommate. And then as the weeks progressed before I got here, the, the agency that I was talking to was like, hey, we might have more opportunities for you to partner with us. And I was like, great i'm not even in the city in and there's already opportunity there Mm -hmm. and then as i was driving to toronto i felt i just i just felt right Mm -hmm. and the second i stepped foot into my apartment i was like this is where i need to be right now Mm -hmm. so that was almost like that gradual feeling of getting there and then the second i was here i was like okay this might not be where I need to be for the rest of my life, but this is where I need to be right now. And it feels good. So th- 100%. And I think the other thing
1: too, is like taking action and actually taking action on our intention sure. because a lot of times we don't. And I think, you know, it's risky or we're scared or, you know, there's so many like excuses kind of like, I I don't want to Um, Upset anybody, but like that's the truth of the matter. They're kind of excuses when we put things aside and we don't actually do the things that we want to do, um, even though we know that we should be doing them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about taking action. And when you take that first leap, everything kind of falls into place. And that's what like being in alignment is all about. And I think that there's also times when you're in that like that maybe not, I don't want to say a bad like stage, just when you're, when things are a little bit like they're slowing down, you can also be in alignment in that slow down part. Um, but it just might not feel as vibrant as when you're in the, like the full stage alignment, if that makes sense. So for me, like the last, I think the last week I've been, I've been in alignment, like I feel like I'm in alignment, but I've been, everything's been really slow And everything's been um, not as vibrant as, like, for example, when I was in Vancouver. Um, And then when I, you know, start traveling again, I know that I'm going to be at that high, vibrant um, part of alignment. So, but yeah, it's all about taking action. Like, and for anybody listening, I mean, like, if if you're getting like that, like, I'm going to ask you this, what right now do you want to do? And whatever your heart is telling you that's your kind of your intuition saying like, okay, this is what I want. And if you want to get to that place of alignment, or if you want to get to that place of like fully, like true happiness and just loving your life, you have to take action to those things that you want to do. Um, So if that's like starting a business or getting a new job or negotiating a raise with your boss or Um, even just going for a walk or planning that vacation or asking that person to marry, whatever it is, whatever your calling is, taking that step, taking that piece of action um, will just like open up the opportunities. And then, you know, I think a lot of times too, is like when we have that piece of that, that puzzle piece and we're like ready to put it in, we're really fearful and we think, well, what if this, or Okay, but then I'm gonna have to do that. And then oh, what if I can't find an apartment? Or you know, what if like it's this, or what if I can't find someone to help me like drive to Toronto with my stuff? You can't think about any of that. Just like make the first step, whatever that is. So if it's starting a business, okay, you wanna you already have a name, maybe it's registering your business and you're like, well, what about a website? What about this? (laughs) Everything else is gonna come. Like everything else will come. When I made the decision to buy the ticket to go to Vancouver bought the ticket and then I texted my friend who lives in Vancouver and I said hey like I'm coming to Vancouver and he's like when and I'm like tomorrow and he's like hey you can stay at our place and I was like perfect now I don't have to get like everything just kind of falls into place um and it's so magical and it almost makes you feel like it's not real, but it is. So, um, yeah, for anyone listening, if there's that calling inside of your heart, just make that decision and trust that everything that you need, that's going to line up to the end results or to the, um, the process process of it, it will come and don't worry about the house. It will just, it will come. I
0: promise you. So as someone who loves to work, it's sometimes hard to consciously make time to rest, relax, focus on inner healing. I feel like we get so caught up in working and hustling that we forget to sleep, eat, recharge, like those kind of things. So what practices do you currently put in place to take care of your mental health and sort of prevent burnout? Mm, That's a great question. I think,
1: um, I think it really depends again on everyone's interests and where they are in their, uh, their job, their career. Um, and for me, it's really been a process for the last three years, deciding on what that's going to look like. Um, in the first year to two years, I was all about hustle, 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 like sacrifice everything. Um, stay up until like five in the morning, Um, you know, don't eat, don't drink water. Like I was very crazy. And I was influenced by certain entrepreneurs that are that same mentality, have that same mentality. And I think in the last year, I just started to kind of take Um, inventory of my life and my business and the success of the things that I've been doing and also looked at um, longevity and sustainability of myself because running my business i kind of always been on my own so I can't if like something happens to me I can't just like you know, someone's not going to run the business, like it's just me, right? And I'm sure you can relate to that. You know, when we're yeah. just starting out, that's kind of how things are. Um, But I had a few moments of like, I wouldn't say depression, but I would say like major self-doubt. Um, And I, it's happened twice. And I took like a month to really heal and like tried to at least like um, overcome those emotions with regarding my mental health. And I like made kind of an, a commitment to myself that A, I wasn't going to let people treat me the way that I was treated with past clients. And I wasn't going to let, you know, um, I wasn't going to let myself work until death. And, um, And, and I just, and I started like just seeing a lot more stuff on social media of like normalizing self-care, normalizing, you know, talking about mental health, normalizing this, this fact that like we can hustle, but it doesn't need to be for 18 hours a day, every single day for the rest of our life. Um, and as much as we think that it does because of other entrepreneurs, um, i don't believe it does like i think that things can be easy and i don't think that i think that we can use the hours that we have in the day to be extremely productive and i look at beyonce as a really good example because she so if you've watched her last um her like her documentary when she went to Coachella and she had to rehearse and they, i think they rehearsed like for eight months, like every single day. And she said she was extremely tired and she almost like starved herself. She was very restrictive on her diet and everything. I admire her for having a vision and working extremely hard to bring that vision to fruition and to this amazing, incredible experience for the people that bought tickets for Coachella. But I'm wondering if she gave it more time, would. They have to work that long, like those long hours. If she, you know, like there's all these questions that come to my mind. And I look at that and I think, like, was it worth it in the end? I don't know. Like it's it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. Like, are we willing to put ourselves on the line for the work that we do? For me, I am in a sense of balance, but I don't know if there is balance. Like, I mean, this question's really hard. This question's very hard. I think for me, it's all about having a routine. morning routine, which I'm working on, which is very difficult for me. Nighttime routine is great for me. I journal, I floss, I um, do a little bit of reading. I pray. um I'll do some stretching maybe if I'm feeling it. Um I kind of clean up this my space, like around. like who wants to wake up in a cluttered room? Um, and then I go to bed. Those things keep me pretty stable, I would say, but i do I do
0: think you know I mean? that help help me like, out here. I'm like, yeah, for sure. hustling to that level is okay as long as it doesn't become almost a habit. Mm-hmm, and then before yeah. you know it, you blink and you're at the age where you're supposed to retire and you haven't even lived Mm. you you haven't spent the time with your children that you should have because you were too focused on work you haven't taken care of your health and now you want to start but you almost feel like it's too late (sighs) obviously there's going to be certain things and certain deadlines where we have to extend ourselves beyond what our norm is where we're staying up later. We're maybe missing a couple meals on accident because we're just so consumed. But as long as it's not Mm. something that is happening every single day for the rest of your life, then I think it's okay. And as long as you're trying to take a proactive approach to your self-care routine, as long as you're making the effort to... Get a sweat in, or cook yourself a home cooked meal; those kind of things. As long as you're making an effort, it's helping. I think that's a really good point. I think, and I
1: think that, yeah, maybe things could have been different. But you're right; it wasn't. It's not a long term thing. So even though it was eight months, and she did kind of put like everything on the line, it ended, and it was an amazing experience for the audience, and for her, and for the people that were involved. But she's not going to do that for the rest of her life. So it's okay. And I think that's a really good point. Like, I think that's the missing piece. And for me, the last two years, I don't think I was, I was just doing it every day. Like, I was just, I wasn't um, taking breaks or realizing that I should um, have a personal life or. You know, eat and work out and all those things. And I think now I have more of a, an appreciation for taking the time because I know that it's going to help me be more productive and be more um, creative. I also think it depends on the person too, because I think certain people work differently. Um, and, you know, some people can work four days and just like get it all done in four days and work as hard as possible for four days. And then, They'll have the three days to just chill and relax and other people can't do that. So yeah, I think that's a really, I was kind of stumped on that for a second because I'm trying to think like, okay, you know, what do I do? How did I come to that conclusion? Do I agree with that? But yeah, I think that's a good point where if you're making it a habit, then it's unhealthy. I think that if you're recognizing that you need time to recoup and, you know, be like, be just a person for a second, and not just like a working robot. Um, Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Well, on that note, why don't you tell me where we're going to see you in five years? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs)
1: Well, I have a list, actually. Um, A friend of mine said, you know, where do you want to see yourself by the time you're 30? And she asked me this while I was in Vancouver, and I was, like, really vibing while I was there. So it was kind of a good time for me to figure it all out. Um, For me, I would – I don't really know, like, personally, like, if I'll be married or if I'll have kids or any of that crap. But I do know (laughs) that I (laughs) – Just saying. (laughs) I do know by the time I'm 30, I would love to be um, Forbes 30 under 30. I would like that would be like, that's one of my like main, not main, but like one of my big goals. Um, I think being featured uh, in a magazine would be really cool. Like, I've been featured in a Toronto magazine for an award that I had won, but I'm talking like either like entrepreneur or like Forbes or like Inc.com or mm-hmm. the Oprah Winfrey magazine. Like I, I, I honestly, I could care less as long as it's like on news shelves. Um, that would be amazing. Um, I would love to see myself um really seeing some action with the movement that I'm creating with keeping real. And I would like to eventually start a nonprofit that helps with, um, women and girls, uh, like, like, um, confidence and, um, mental health regarding social media and like educating more on that. Um, that would be amazing. Um, Probably like lots of traveling in the next five years. Um, I have a whole list and now I'm really blanking out on like some of those things. Oh, I'd love to, I will definitely be um, a TED speaker at some in the next five years for sure. Um, by that time, I know I have on my list. by that time, I'd like to have spoken at um, at least 500 events and conferences. Home. Which is like a huge thing, like huge goal. But um, I'm sure there's some other things I'm missing. But yeah, I guess just like building the movement, speaking, um, being featured, and also just like creating really great partnerships and collaborations with other um, women entrepreneurs and just getting to like building my network and just getting to know more people and um, also supporting those people and helping them. I think there's like this – there's this like misconception that like we shouldn't be like supporting like other people that are either in our field or are just entrepreneurs in general. Um, And so, yeah, I would love to be just supporting more people and being able to to be like financially – um, prepared or financially, like at that point where I can, you know, just someone has this product, they see it's just a new product launching. I can just go out and buy it and try it. Or I can maybe invest in a couple companies and just, you know, help the small people, um, succeed because I know what it's like to struggle. And I know what it's like as well to have a vision and then just not have the money to make that vision come to, come to fruition. And I think not everyone needs the money. Like if you want to start a podcast, you don't necessarily need money. If you want to start, you know, a photography business, you start, take pictures on your phone, like start an Instagram page. You don't always need money, but I think there are some things that do need investment and not necessarily right away, but the visionaries um, of even just like the tech industry or like products or even getting into like sustainability. Some of those people need money for like prototypes and whatnot. So I'd love to maybe get into that space. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know. I can send you my list of <laughs> <laughs> sounds um,
0: like uh sky's the
1: limit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't hold back, that's for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I have no idea where I'll be in five years. Um, but it's it's good to dream and um, the next step from dreaming is taking action and making those things possible. So, yeah, that's a great point.
0: For sure. What legacy are you hoping to leave behind? Ooh, that's a
1: good <laughs> one. <Ooh. laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just want to be known for um, and inspiring people and – empowering people to and I really want to change the word empower because when I hear the word empower it makes me feel like people are just completely powerless which is not true um so I'm trying to pick a word for that but side note um I really just want people to see me as the woman that was trying to encourage them to be excuse me their real Self and to follow their intuition and to take action when it's super scary and to be vulnerable and to be courageous and fearless and start that business or, you know, start that conversation with that person. Or so I think, I think that would be ultimately like what I'd like to be remembered by as no matter what, like, regardless of money, regardless of material items like we will have ourselves we have ourselves and I think no matter what we can be our true real self even someone that is um maybe like living on the streets like they can be their true real self and um it just it takes people to see or people to encourage and people to um not judge and not judge themselves. And, um, yeah. And I think, I think that would be for me, like what I would like people to know me by. But, um, at the end of the day, I'd love for people just to know me as the person that helped them be a little bit more their true and real self for sure.
0: I love that. And I think that everything you're doing currently, with your keep being real blog, with how you put yourself out on social media, you are well on your way to getting there. Um, just you. from my my perspective. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate
1: that. And I'm hearing that more now, which is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. and and I know before, like I would hear, um, oh, she's very intimidating, or she's very um, <laughs> she's very. Um, like this, and I can't talk to her, or she's very that, and they're like, you know, I just, I don't know, like, should I, should I say something, or should I, like, I don't know. People like for for some reason, and my cousin told me it's something to do with my horoscope. I have like Capricorn, or I don't know something in the <laughs> horoscope where at first people think I'm intimidating, but then when they get to know me, they're like, oh, she's cool, she's the real deal, kind of thing. But what I've noticed recently probably in the last month or two, just by more things I've been posting on social media and um, just like kind of getting out of more out of my comfort zone as well. More people are like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Or I have the same story. I can relate. Or, you know, wow, you really are like being the real, your real self, which is like admirable. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool, like hearing those comments before and then Jumping, jumping a little bit more out of my comfort zone, and then seeing the like hearing the comments now, it's it's really interesting. So,
0: for I guess for the listeners who (laughs) have no idea about our relationship, but um, when I first knew of Sierra. I was so nervous. I wanted to reach out to her, oh, but then <laughs> I, I I held back because I was intimidated by her. I was intimidated by her success. And then one day, she reached out to me on Instagram to ask me a question about social media. And before I knew it, I was spilling my entire life story to her. And we ended up meeting up at Starbucks mm-hmm. and talked for like four hours. Oh, wow. And now... I remember, like, <laughs> yeah, we are so close now and I think um the universe knew that we both kind of needed each other in in each other's lives, but um if you are for you for those people that are listening, if you want to talk to somebody and you're intimidated by them, honestly, just talk to them because you never know what could come of it. Okay, so just before we wrap up this episode of Hustle Her, I like to do this thing called The Rapid Fire Five, where I ask you five completely random questions, and you give me a quick answer.
1: Okay. okay so- the Indecisive Libra is about to answer your question. This is going to be fun. Okay, your favorite book? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Your Starbucks go-to drink? Well, it used to be the cool eye refresher, but they stopped carrying that. So now my go-to is either Nitro cold brew with coconut milk or a very very refresher with coconut milk cuz that's like it's my go-to now. It used to be without coconut milk, but I like the coconut. So <laughs> Uh,
0: your favorite local business?
1: Ooh, that's a hard one.
0: <laughs> you can list many if you want.
1: Um, I'm gonna say my favorite local business is probably Shopico and Urban Art Market.
0: Good best place to travel to?
1: Ooh. Well, with the list of things, the places that I've been to, um, I would say Barcelona in Spain is definitely an amazing place to visit. Um, if you want to stay in Vancouver canada i would say vancouver for sure and if you want to go to the states i would say arizona specifically sedona is amazing
0: and your favorite vegan meal Mm.
1: yeah this is gonna be a hard one um i'm obsessed with cafe march 21 vegan ramen like i could literally eat that for the rest of my life um, I also love Carrots and Dates BLT because their coconut bacon is like on point. But I, I agree, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um I would probably say like mm, I don't know. Like maybe maybe those two things would be like my favorite. I love like sandwiches. Like I love any kind of sandwich, and I also love pasta. So I don't know. I like food. Like, this is a hard
0: question. (laughs) I'm going to stick to ramen and BLTs. Okay, perfect. (laughs) So I just want to say a huge thank you to Sierra for being on the podcast, for sharing your story and continuously being someone that people can look up to. I am so, so, so grateful that you and I have connected in the ways that we have. And I'm so excited for what you and of course, what we have coming next, which um, will be launched hopefully soon once we figure all the little details out. But before we close off here, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you online? Yeah,
1: that's a a good question. Um, For anyone that's interested in just starting up a conversation, I promise you I'm not intimidating. Um, (laughs) You can visit my website at uh, www.sierrabray.com. And uh, the the Sierra is spelled with a C, just so you know. and on Instagram, I'm at Sierra Bray Says, same with Twitter and Facebook. Um, and just send me a direct message or, you know, start up a convo. Send me an email if you want. Um, my email is attached to my Instagram, which is probably easier. So yeah, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, the, on your podcast. I'm very honored to be your very first guest, and I love what you're doing, and I, I think you have So much passion and grit and determination and drive. And I love what you're doing with the podcast with all your episodes and talking about your business experience and just how this whole journey has been. So, um, congratulations to you and thank you. And for anyone that's listening, make sure you subscribe to her podcast and you give it a five star rating and you comment how awesome she is. And then go like her on Instagram, which you probably already are, but make sure to do it so
0: hey i didn't pay her to say this so just so we're clear (laughs) Uh, okay thank you so much sierra we will talk to you soon thank you